What is up, everybody? Welcome back for episode 54 of Spill the D. My name is Gina. I am one of your co-hosts. And as always, I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Sabrina. I love it. Did your mind just go to Full House, the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino? I wish it did, but I don't really remember that show too much. I love that show. I I know such a good one sorry guys hey welcome back (laughs) thank you guys so much for coming back on and listening if you're new here welcome today we are actually going to be finishing an episode that we had already started normally we kind of break up our episodes that way if you're not interested in one thing it's not the same thing for four weeks but this was like we did not mean to stop talking we just talked for way too long so we are just going right into it we are talking today about our walt disney world ride hacks but Before we do it, let's do news. There's actually some news this week. There's a lot of news. First bit of news is that, unfortunately, Disney is actually replacing the purple street signs. There are tons of people that are upset by this. They made them blue and yellow, right? Some of them. Like, it's just signs. It's going to be okay. Promise. It's one of those things that one day you'll be in Disney with your grandkids and you'll go back in my day. Yeah. These signs were purple. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly I'll be Southern. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it has caused a lot of news stories to come out. People are upset. It's like the figment cult. The people have a cult for purple street signs. <laughs> There's a cult for everything in Disney. Are you upset or could you care less what color the signs are? I could care less. I actually didn't even know they were purple. <laughs> yeah, they're purple and yellow and red. Do you want to know why? Are you ready for Disney historian Gina to help yes. you out? Give us. When they were designing them, they wanted them to resemble Mickey Mouse. So they were black, yellow, and red. But black is not easy to see and doesn't reflect the light very well. So they had to choose another color. So they chose purple. That's very interesting. Because the purple reflected it all and was easier to see at night. That is so funny. Yeah, I don't think I would notice. If I didn't see these stories, I would not even have noticed. It's still blue and you don't see blue street signs super often. No. So it's still different than the normal green telling you where to go. It would remind me of Jersey if it was green. <laughs> Isn't green everywhere? I know, but Jersey just like, I don't know, really resembles for me. People in Jersey really go with those numbers for- They know um, their exit numbers. Yeah. They know them. You got to know your to this exit. day, people ask me my exit number and I'm like, on 80, on-, on I'm 80? like, I don't know how to answer. <laughs> on 80, if you get off at exit eight, that is my college. Because people would be like, oh, you Strasburg exit eight. And I was like, yep, that's me. Okay, so next thing, I'm so excited. The Fantasmic Moat has been refilled. I'm excited. This just means, like, we knew Fantasmic was coming back in 2022. This is just telling you they're getting there. It's almost done. They will be there. They'll be there soon. I'm so excited. I have a theory that they're going to open Fantasmic at the same time that the Guardians of the Galaxy opens. So that they have two busy parks instead of just one busy park. That could work, but Fantasmic's only at night. So it would only really take away some of the nighttime crowd. Still better though. Yep. I like the logic. Get some people out of there and into somewhere. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's going to be impossible to get into Fantasmic that first day. Oh, or the first week. Once they release when they're going to do it, I am going to try to buy tickets. But you know 
all of the influencers, all of the Disney media outlets, they're all going to want to be first in line to have that on their social media and to write their blogs about it and things like that. That a normal family in the park is not going to be able to get in because the people who do that are the people who can go get in line hours early and stand there and wait for it. It's going to be like the popcorn bucket for Fantasmic. If Disney's smart, they'll get a genie plus for it for a lightning lane and charge like $15 a person to skip the line. That would be smart. I bet you they do it. If or the I don't have big dinner, the dinner well, show. They do those deals, which I would hope that they would bring back with it with the dinner shows where they have reserved seating and stuff like that. But they're doing Genie Plus for the parade and everything. It would not surprise me. Maybe not charge for it because that might make people mad. But if they put it on the normal $15 Genie Plus yeah. but to make that an option and you just have to hope that you're looking at it at the right time. It's going to be intense that day. Absolutely. Oh, this is the next one. So Disney parks are now going to add more plant-based items to every menu. So they have like sprinkled in stuff here and there, but they're fully adding plant-based items. They're getting a lot of great reviews on them and they're getting a lot of people asking for more plant-based stuff. So I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian, but I like vegetarian food and I thoroughly enjoy Disney's plant-based options. It's so good. They like thoroughly think about every option. Well, because right now, most menus have at least one thing anywhere you go in Disney, which is amazing. You can find something. But because most of them only have that one option, I will say that one option that you find places is always something good. Yeah. Even the plant-based tachos were really good the only thing I didn't like on them was the plant-based sour cream but I think I just don't like plant-based dairy in general and I don't like sour cream in general so that's it me but if you like plant-based dairy that was probably delicious I think when you're used to normal dairy and then you go to plant-based dairy it's the texture I'm excited though for more plant-based options I'm excited for you to have more variety to choose from Besides kids, all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a list of shows that Disney has announced are coming back. We have dates that they are coming back. So, Festival of Fantasy, the parade has been announced that it will be returning. That'll be returning on March 9th, 2022. Wow. The Adventure Friends Cavalcade, that's going to be coming on February 11th. So, real soon, a week away. Cool, perfect, exciting. Here's the really cool part. There's going to be about 30 characters in this cavalcade. And we're going to see Miguel from Coco for the first time. And there's just going to be a lot of characters. Pixar and Disney. It's going to be a mix of both. I know cavalcades are, in a sense, a mini parade. This is literally a mini parade. Because this is way bigger than a normal cavalcade. I'll overestimate and say a normal cavalcade has 10 characters. This has 30. Whoa. So this one's going to be really good. And that's going to be going through Magic Kingdom a few times a day. And then they are bringing back Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, except it's going to be called the Magical Friendship Fair. And that's going to be coming back on February 25th. The show is going to be basically the same. It's going to have a new beginning and a new end. And it's just kind of going to like tie in the 50th anniversary to the show more. They're really going to end that on a high note, huh? Well, it's not over yet. They're still over Well, yeah, but I'm saying like they're really like continuing and pushing it. They, they want people to want to keep coming back. And then the Frontierland Hoedown is back. Do you know what this is? Is this where cast members are in the street? 
Yeah, so cast members from Frontierland, these are the people at the carts, people in the stores, everything. They come out and they do like a hoedown. It's like they do a little line dance. And they used to do them with characters. So I believe the characters will be there. So it'll be the Country Bears, Chip and Dale. They all come out and they do it with them. But they said that the show is going to be a little bit changed. So that's coming back February 11th. It's going to be a little bit changed because of COVID. Not really quite sure how. They haven't really said yet. So I think that... I wonder if they'll put the people on the roof. I was thinking that. But I don't know how they'd pull the cast members from merchandise and be like, all right, get on the roof. I was thinking maybe, so before they would have people in the crowd, like you could literally go stand next to someone and dance with them. I'm wondering if they'll block people off. Like if they'll put ropes up and have them go in the ropes and then people can dance around it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. That's my whole list. A lot of shows coming. Oh, I have some other news. Oh, this is so exciting. So to celebrate Disneyland Paris, their 30th anniversary, they actually put Minnie Mouse in trousers. She's got a little pantsuit. <laughs> I think it's so cute. Everybody is going crazy over this, how she's not in dress, which I think is really funny. But her pantsuit is so nice. Have you seen it? I thought I saw somewhere that it was for Women's History Month. The brand said the outfit reveal was in celebration of Women's History Month. Okay, wait, we were both right. It's Women's History Month and the 30th anniversary. It's, oh my God. Because originally the pantsuit helped women blend into a male-dominated space, but the pantsuit has now become a symbol for women's empowerment. So that is why Minnie Mouse is in a pantsuit. And you're right. People aren't happy about it. But why do you care what a cartoon mouse is wearing? It's fun. For real. This is for women. This is for mice everywhere. I love it. Oh, I have goosebumps. That makes it so much better than oh, what I thought. It's cute. It's blue polka dots. Yeah. I think it's interesting they went with the blue. Like they didn't keep her in her typical red. Yeah. I guess because a red pantsuit doesn't look as official as a blue pantsuit. Yeah. I love it. I think she pulls it off great. Oh, she kills it. So Hollywood Studios is added to the list of extended evening hours. It has only been listed for Wednesday, April 13th. And there have been, there's no other details besides that. We don't know what rides you can ride. We don't know anything. We just know that you can now go to Hollywood Studios for extended evening hours up until April 13th. It will only be Epcot and Magic Kingdom. So this is a good sign. There's one more option coming our way. Yeah. And last bit of news is actually kind of Disney's competitor of Universal. Their epic universe is to come to Florida in 2025 so that is a huge huge step towards disney having huge steps because it's a whole nother universal studios park all the information i know for now about epic universe is it's like mario kart and like oh i didn't know this was the name of it yes Yes. i'm so excited so they have done all of this for that and that will get more people to come to florida so i think in this story itself it was kind of explaining how disney needs to step it up even more than they already have because there's a third universal park well yeah and disney hasn't opened a new gate since 1998 yeah 
they just keep adding stuff to their existing parks, which is great. But if Universal is going to open another one, clap back, Disney. And they're not, they're not just adding things. They're removing things. Remember that. <laughs> That's true. Every time they add something, they usually are taking something away. I have high, high hopes for whatever Disney is going to do to be better than that. Lower their prices? Yeah. But that's so exciting. All right. Walt Disney World Ride Hacks Part 2. I think I'd rather start at Epcot and end on Hollywood Studios because there's way more hacks for Hollywood Studios. I agree. So those are the two parks that we're doing today, guys. If you didn't pick up on that for me saying that. Two episodes ago, we did Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, we gave you guys a bunch of tips. I do want to correct something. Someone actually left us a review and we were able to know that we messed this up. When we last went and saw the bird show, it was the up bird show. It's not up anymore. It's just birds. And the part that we said that we didn't like was the up part so that part's actually gone so the part that we said that we didn't mind which was the bird part is still there so just to correct ourselves COVID has changed that so if you go back and listen to that episode you'll hear us say it we talk about how we didn't like it because of that we liked half of it and the half that we liked is still there so that's good (laughs) we also since seeing that up show we have not been since we first saw it because we didn't really enjoy it it was a good one and done for me yeah good one and done yeah i recommend for a one and done kind of thing and if you really like birds do more than once all right so let's go in to epcot (laughs) we only have three for epcot which is obviously why we wanted to start with epcot get it out of the way before we get to the good stuff of hollywood studios so our hack for the figment ride this is journey into imagination when you go on this ride There's going to be four cars, kind of like tourist trams that you're going to sit in. There's two rows in each. When you are getting in the cars, if it's not too busy and you can ask the cast member what car to put you in, ask for the third car. Here's why. For some reason, this ride was set up as if there's five cars, but there's only four. So the third car is always the middle of wherever you're at because there would be two in the front and two in the back yes so third car best view third car front row definitely best view but you can still see perfectly fine from the second row because it's elevated it's also a very cozy ride (laughs) it's beautiful it's one of my favorites most people do not like it sab and i love it i put my boyfriend on it and he never wanted to ride it ever again i put my (laughs) niece on it and she didn't stop talking about it all day (laughs) Gina's brother really thanks her for that. He didn't go on it with us. He did not. He does not like that ride. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. For the second hack that we have, there's also a general Epcot hack that the World Showcase does not open until 11. So do all of your writing before you eat. Saves you so much time for later. But you can still get to the food up until France. And you can get to the food on the other side up until Norway because you can still ride Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and you can still ride the Frozen ride. So because you can do both of them, the World Showcase is open up until them. And then their bakeries are open. Oh, so good. So for Soren, the best, 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 best seat to sit in (laughs) is going to be your front row. All of the front row is good in general. So always ask for the front row. If you can be nitpicky and specific, row two of the front row, section B, seat six. Row two, second row. 
row two, second row <gasps> with people's feet in your face. Yep. What? Well, I don't agree with this, but for Gina, she said row two, section B, seat six, best view. I don't like people's feet in my face. So I sit in the top row. So you will have people's feet in your face. Yes. But row two, section B, seat six, is the very, very center. So it's the focal point where the Imagineers based the ride out of. Like when they ride the ride, that's where they sit. So if you want perfect view, nothing's crooked, nothing's slanted, everything is exactly the way you are supposed to see it, row two, section B, seat six. If you don't care and you just want the top row, no feet in your face, go for the top. I really don't like people's feet in general. And like you take your shoes off for it and it's Florida. So there's like bare feet in front of me. So I don't like that. So I go for the top row. I also really don't care if I get the side views because the only thing that really is like distorted is the Eiffel Tower. The mountain, the mountains go kind of slanted. Yeah. But and the, the hot air balloon looks like it's like half the floor. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the hot air balloon scene. The issue yeah. with going the for row two, section B, seat six, is that only your seat's going to be great, where if you go for the front row, anyone in your party is going to have a good view because there's not going to be any feet. There's also another hack of Soren. So if you rode the Soren over California, where the orange fields smell really good, the scene with Fiji smells so good as well. That's a good one to hold your breath until. <laughs> that's not a hack. That's just a statement. Yeah. <laughs> just smell it during that part. And look at the bottom. There's manta rays. The only time I'm not scared of height when there's an ocean below me. <laughs> I know the manta rays will catch me. Yeah. Okay. So our last hack for Epcot told you guys this one was going to be really quick. Test track is another ride that has a single rider line. That's all. The issue with this, you don't get to make a car. You kind of skip that whole part. But because you skip that whole part, you get to ride quicker. And the really cool thing is if there's a party of four and you have a friend with you and you go single rider, you might still get to ride in the same car. You just won't be next to each other. Oh, that is cool. And I've had where I'm with people who like don't care at all. So I'll be with my friend and they'll be like, oh, here, we'll move around. And then they'll go three and one and then you end up two. So you're still with someone you know. That is cool. But that's all about who you're sitting with. And you can never expect that to happen because you take that risk when you do a single rider line. But yeah, a lot of people don't really know about test track single rider line because they get excited and hop in the normal line. I I don't like riding single, single rider. (laughs) Not for me. You get to skip all the really loud part though. Normally I have seen though test track single rider line get as long as the normal ride, but they have a wait time there for that. So you can see it and get a good idea. So cool. Now on to our favorite park. Let's do Hollywood Studios. I'm so excited for this. So we have about six here for you all. Let's start with Star Tours. So for Star Tours, Gina and I have figured out how to be the rebel spy on accident. You just ask. Yes. So number one, you can ask. Number two, you be very obnoxious and they pick you. Or number three, you point at your father and they make it him. All right, now let's tell them, but in a less personal way. We, I honestly never knew that they pick Rebel Spy, the person that's like checking your seatbelt, picked them. 
I don't know actually who picks them, but I never thought about it until they picked a stuffed animal of Sven that I had strapped into a seatbelt. And we put the glasses on him. He was ready. He was ready. Which after telling us that we weren't allowed to do that, they had picked him. So all that that told us was that the picture is taken pretty early. Yeah. And that the person picks it because it was so low that it would never have been picked by a computer. And then after that, we started paying attention and we noticed that when we were having a particularly good time going in, we were getting picked. When we were talking to the person and joking with them, we were getting picked. Sab and her sister sat there pointing at the, her dad the whole time he was checking the seatbelts and then her dad got picked. So like, realistically, it takes some of the fun out of it if you do just ask them. But you can kind of joke around with them. See if your personality will get you a little something or you can ask them. And the worst that they'll say is no. It's fun. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, it's their birthday. You could like kind of like, hey, they're a, I hear they're a a rebel. There's a rebel spy on here. He's uh, wearing the blue jacket. Yeah. But it's honestly such like a hype feeling already. I love Star Tours. But then when someone you know gets picked, it's like, (laughs) we know him it's like when they say your name in the textbook in class and everyone's like oh my god they said your name it's the same thing gina eats 20 watermelons <laughs> gina's a rebel spy ah! it is so fun to be one yeah but again i think it's more exciting when you don't know it's coming so it's you don't really want to ask the person unless you don't care but for me i like to see who can get it but so that is our hack there is kind of a way while we're doing some Star Wars, let's go to Smuggler's Run. Yeah. I'm going to explain how to set up Chewbacca mode. Yeah. Do you want to explain what Chewbacca mode is since you've actually done it? Yes. So Chewie mode has Chewbacca at you the whole time you're driving the Millennium Falcon. There is the other guy telling you what to do because you still need directions of what you're doing. <laughs> But he yells at you. So it's really fun. Like Chewbacca's yelling at you the whole time, right? Yeah, you have no idea what he's saying. And I don't know if he's yelling or just talking because he just, all of his growls. (laughs) That was my version of Chewbacca. There are a couple ways to get into Chewie mode. I know Gina might have done more research. All I do is ask the cast member. They really help you out. So one of the best things that you can do is on your way in, let the cast member know we want to do Chewbacca mode. So that way they're not rushing you and having you press the wrong buttons because they get so many people on that ride that when you're in line, they're like, all right, on to the next thing. Let's go. Normally, when you get in, like I said, they rush you. You activate your position. You're good to go. You're not going to do that if you want to get Chewbacca mode. You're each going to have your own control. So you need a full flight crew of six people. You can't do it with less. To do this, the left and the right pilots will push their controls all the way to the left or all the way up, or you can either go right or down. You just need to go in the extreme one direction and hold that position. After you do that, then you can hit the activate button. This does go in an order. It goes pilots, gunners, then engineers. So the pilots go first with their... Yes. So then the next thing we're going to do, gunners and engineers, you have to hit the white button before you hit the orange activation button so normally you'd go right for the orange you have to hit the white button first and then the orange okay 
So here's the most important part and why it's good to tell the cast member that you're doing this. You have to do all of this before the cast member finishes checking your seatbelt and lets you go. So when you give them that heads up, they might slow down for you or they might like help you do it, wait an extra second, or they might say, sucks, you didn't do it quick enough and send you through. You never know. Yep, that's how you do it. You get to ride with Chewbacca. It's very cool. Did I explain that well? Yeah. It's definitely an experience that if you go enough, like if you're only riding the ride once, you don't have to waste your time that way because you'll get disappointed if it doesn't work out. If you ride it twice in one day, that's when you do the chewy mode. Yeah, I wouldn't do it if it was your first time riding. With Smuggler's Run, from what I understand, is that there's different levels. So if your team, the six of you, suck, you go through like round one. If you really do good... With the six of you, you keep going for like round two and three. When you leave your little, oh God, pilot's area. Spaceship? Well, it's like just the front of the Millennium Falcon. It's not your whole. Once you leave the Millennium Falcon part of the ride and you're leaving to exit the ride, there are lights above. It tells you how good you did. And if you get one, two, three, or however many you can get, that tells you how well you did during your time, which I did not know until the one guy had told us our team did really well. I'm not going to lie. I kept hearing that that was a thing and I thought it was bullshit because every time we got off the ride, we had gone to the same exact spot and then stopped. But that one time we rode it and we crushed it we were with complete strangers it was three sets of two in strangers and all of us were like in it to win it we actually tried to get chewy mode and couldn't get it because we didn't do it quick enough and then we it just kept going we were all like guys have you seen this level before no like no yeah so good so if your your ride will be longer either that or we had a wild experience that is not normal but yeah, it just kept going and it was really fun. So yeah. the better you do, the better your score will be, the longer the ride will go, the lights will light up. And when you get off, the cast members know how you did. They'll make a comment about it. There is another thing that I noticed. So the first time I ever rode the ride, I was a gunner. The second time I was an engineer. When Gina and I rode it with those strangers, we were pilots and these people were really amping us up to do better. I actually heard what we were supposed to do from the pilot's position, which really helped me kind of do better. But at first I thought it was just a ride that you just hit the button for, but they really go based on like a video game. They really go based on how you shoot and what you're doing. Reminds me of Mario Kart. Yeah. I always compare it to Mario Kart for people when they're like, what is it? I'm like Star Tours meets Mario Kart. Yeah. I did not hear the directions, which is totally normal for me to not hear directions. But like when I finally understood the goal of Smuggler's Run, it actually was really exciting. (laughs) Definitely. It's a fun one. Yes. Especially in Chewy mode. Good luck, guys. Oh, yes. That one also has a single rider line. You're mostly going to get stuck with engineer. So just take that as you want. Yeah. If you're okay with just being the engineer, like you just want to experience the ride. Do the single rider line. Nobody's going to give up pilots. No. (laughs) Rock and Roller Coaster also has a single rider line. Gina and I had the fun experience of seeing people in the single rider line that didn't understand that they were in the single rider line. So just 
realize what line you're getting into prior to riding the ride. They are right next to each other. So it is kind of hard to tell. That is one situation though. I've seen it take a while, but the rock and roller coaster single rider line is usually very quick. There has been times where I've seen it all the way backed up and it does take as long as the normal line, but for the most part, it's usually pretty quick. Those cast members are speedy. They're getting you through. Speedy little things. (laughs) Are we ready for the one you're all here for? We know it. Our favorite ride ever. (laughs) The same reason you all came to the last episode to hear us tell you how to be a galactic hero. We're telling you. How to get the high score on Toy Story Mania. Gina is singing into her microphone. (laughs) That was Toy Story Mania for anyone who does not understand me. This ride is quite exhausting. It's extremely exhausting. Your arm will be sore if you ride it more than once in a row because there's no line or because a very amazing cast member lets you just go again. Your arm is going to feel like it's going to fall off. You got to stretch while you're in line. You really got to prepare. You got to go to the gym two months leading up to it and just work those forearms yeah. and work that wrist Be action. ambidextrous. 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 Oh, God. Work both arms because you really need it. <laughs> you do. Work those wrists, the forearms, do the bicep curls. You got to be ready. The elbow, the elbow like, hurts the most. Oh, from, you, from... yeah. You guys have heard of golfer's elbow. You've heard of tennis elbow. You don't know nothing until you know Toy Story Mania elbow. <laughs> Blaster elbow. <laughs> Blaster elbow. But so, yes, first bit of advice. Do not waste your time and energy in that warm-up round. Just sit there. Maybe shoot it once to realize what color you are. If you really like have to think about it, your color is also the blaster that you have in front of you. I always shoot it once to make sure that my blaster is working because one time, no matter how I shot it, it went to the same spot on the screen, which I would have found out in round two anyway. But either way, just for my mental health, I do it. I do one pool or two pools in the warm-up section and then I don't touch it again until room one. Yes. It's also a great time to egg on your person you're riding with. Yeah. So guys, this is going to sound crazy. I'm one of the most competitive people you will ever meet. If you have not figured out from listening to this podcast, I don't play around with games. I like to win. You need to work together on this game. You do. You still need to win. Like I always work with the person next to me, but I'm still going to win. But you need to work with them if you both want to succeed, okay? You have to. Otherwise, someone else in the car is just going to score higher. So game number one, you go into room number one. There's going to be a hen house in the bottom corner. You want to hit the fox off of the hen house. There's also going to be a barn in the top corner. You want to hit the mouse on top of the barn. When you the barn will flip over and you hit all of the mice in the barn, it will make a bunch of higher point targets pop up. All of your regular targets. I don't have the exact numbers written here. I probably should have, but let's say they're regularly worth 100 points. It'll flip and then it'll be worth 1,000 points. So you'll get 10 times the points just by hitting the mouse on the barn in the beginning and hitting the fox off the bottom corner of the hen house. Oh, so cool. It's funny, if you listen to what they're saying, some of the games, they actually kind of tell you this. So in that first game, it'll go get that fox out of the hen house. So you want to hit the fox off the hen house. It's telling you how to do it. People just start shooting and don't listen. 
So that's game number one. That's throwing eggs. Game two is what gets me. And Gina always, she will yell at me so hard for this one section. So game two is the the lava balloon. So you're popping balloons in this. So you want to hit the balloons that are pouring out of the top of the volcano. So when you're looking at the screen, it's in the top middle of the screen. You're going to clear them all and the volcano will erupt with higher scoring balloons. The balloons on the dinos will also be worth a lot. And the hundred point balloons will be filled with smaller high point balloons. So hit all those lava balloons and you'll be set. Yeah. The volcano like erupts with more and the way the lava balloons work, you have to go for that first because first it's one balloon. You hit that. And then there's two balloons. You hit that. And then there's three balloons. You hit that. And then the volcano erupts as slow as you want to go. It will save you time and effort. If you hit that, you do all of these tips as soon as you get into those games and it changes your scoring for the rest of that individual game. All right. So game three is one of my favorites just because of what they say. So you need to break the plates. That's obvious. You're throwing balls at plates in this game. You're going to hear the Green Army men go, I am not your mother. Break those plates. Break those plates. And then after he says that, plates will pop up in the top left and top right corner of the screen. When I say pop up, they're going to get like thrown from the ground up. So you need to hit them while they're moving. Those are 2,000 points. But when you hit them, it'll start having 2,000 point plates fly up on both sides so then you now have four on each side coming at you and then five thousand point plates will shoot at you from left then right then left then right just by hitting those flying plates in the beginning that'll pop up on both sides one on the left side of the screen one on the right you're going to activate all of those two thousand and five thousand point plates This is one where you really, really, really need to work together because those plates come up at the same time. Realistically, yeah, you could probably do both, but it's so much easier if you're like, you're on the left, I'm on the right, hit the plate in front of us. And we will always, always say with the army men, I am not your mother. Break those plates. We get very into our Toy Story Mania games. (laughs) This is the one where I really yell at whoever's next to me. If anyone's wondering, I'm like, break the plate. And if they miss it, oh, you just ruined both of our days. We're getting back in line. Start stretching. I tried to remember most of these for when I rode them without Gina because she's usually the one yelling at me what to do. And then when I rode it without her, I was like, oh God, I don't remember anything. (laughs) I literally, as soon as we pull into a room, I start shouting out what's next. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this time break the plate. All right, this time throw the ring. I tell whoever's next to me exactly what they need to hit. Game room number four is the one room that I remember because I love the little aliens. Oh, I love them. In this one, you're throwing rings to clear aliens off a rocket ship. So they shoot off once you like ring them. So you want to hit all of the ones. There's a rocket ship in the middle. And I think there's nine. Did you really <laughs> just count that in your head? Yeah. Let's see. Eight. Wow. Weird. So there's eight aliens on this rocket ship in the middle. You want to hit all of those in a row. So just get them all. And then from that rocket ship, it turns into like a monster robot that opens his mouth. You want to throw your rings in there as fast as you can because he closes his mouth. When he opens it again, he gets a higher target numbers. First time he opens it, 100, closes it. 
Second time, 500, closes. Third time, 1,000, closes. And then 2,000. I don't think we've gotten past the 2,000 because we move on. You have to do that really quickly to get to the 2,000. Like you have to clear that alien board as soon as you get in the room. But it's cool because it'll close and then you can go aim for other targets. Like there's like a 5,000 point target, a 1,000 point target. So you aim for them and then you go back to the robot. It's my favorite one. It is the easiest one for me. So that's why I like it the most. (laughs) Clear the little green men. Shoot it in the robot's mouth. Yeah, don't worry about anything else in that room except the rocket ship. You clear that rocket ship right in the center and it's going to be a tease. You're not going to want to clear it because they're only worth like a hundred points each like they are not worth a lot and they tempt you by putting a 5,000 in the top corner a 1,000 a 2,000 like they tempt you with these high scoring numbers but if you just clear those 100s it's so much more worth it in the end that round is always the round where I get the most points oh yeah that one or the next one here so the next one here is the gold mine this one's very fun This one's hard to do and you need to work together again. This is a really big one for working together. How this one works is there's targets in the corners of the screen and one target in the center. When you hit a target, it opens up more targets. Your mind is going to tell you, hit a target, it'll open up more. Then you hit those and it clears it. It's not what you need to do. So you're going to hit every target individually. What that's going to do is it's going to open every target up. Then you clear every target. And then the next time the targets open up, they'll be worth thousands instead of hundreds. I don't know if we've ever. We've done it. Together. Yeah. Yeah. We have wrote it many of times together. So I don't know. <laughs> it's all just blending together at this point. We also have a very good friend who used to work there. And coincidentally, his name was Andy as well. So anytime we saw him working, he would always let us go again, which was nice of him but like my arm hated me after it was worth it yeah (laughs) worth every ounce of pain that room when you're done clearing the targets and your time is up you'll actually start moving and you'll be shooting as you go as you're leaving yes don't don't like sit back and like wait for the next round you like you you fully move on to the final round and that's where the minds come in so you're going to have gold mines. You're going to have like mine cars coming at you and they're going to be worth 2000, depending on which one you're hitting. They, their thing goes up as it goes, but above you is going to be a bat. So if you hit that bat, it'll flip over and then it'll be worth 5,000 points. So that's a really good one to hit. And then to end the game, you're going to have one last chance to hit a target. You're just going to keep hitting it. This is where your arm's going to hate you. Your arm will be completely fine up until this moment where you just have to hit it as fast as you can. And the more you hit it, the higher the score. So it goes like 100, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. Hitting that 5,000 is near impossible to do, but you can do it. I have faith in you. You listen to Spill the G. You heard every other tip. You can do this. My tip for this is don't use your full arm power. This is how I play the whole time, but definitely at this part. You're going to hold the pull string between your fingers and just flick your wrist. Don't hold the ball with your whole hand and use your whole arm because your arm's going to be exhausted if you just hold it with your fingers and flick your wrist. And then the other thing I tend to do during this time is this is when I switch to my other hand. I actually switch every other round. Oh, that's smart. I can aim and shoot with both arms during this game because I've learned that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
But in the last final round, I instead of Gina doing a wrist, I actually lean forward and I use my biceps because I actually have muscles there versus in my lower arm. (laughs) (laughs) But I lean forward, hold the target steady, and I just pull back that way because it's faster. It's like literally like hitting a basketball on the ground. Yeah. Okay. I see. You obviously can't see right now. She's kind of like doing the robot a little bit. Like the way she yeah. has her arm, so your arm kind of hangs next yeah. to you and you just pull back in that position. And that does not hurt you at all. Like her elbow <laughs> is lined up with her shoulder. She pulled her arm up and then swung her like, hand front and back. I put my head on my shooter blaster gunner, whatever it's called. I like put my head on it sometimes. You know, I'm <laughs> wondering right now if I could hold the thing with my knees or something. <laughs> No, because you have the lap bar. I've thought about that. Oh, yes. Okay. I forgot the safety. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> that is definitely, and you'll hear us screaming in the last round because like our arms hurt, our bodies hurt. We're trying to get done. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> almost there. <laughs> Too funny. But yes, oh that is how to get a high score on Toy Story Mania. Or Do you know record? What is your highest you've ever gotten? I don't know. I got the highest that hour at one point. Usually the highest of the day or the highest of the month is always someone who works there. Yeah. <laughs> but I got the highest the hour and that felt good. With that, I think my highest was around like 250. And that was definitely one of the rounds I did with Gina. Probably. I pretty much average like 190 to 200,000. But... 250 was like the highest I've ever gotten. I'll let you know in a few weeks when I go break the high score. But yeah, so that is all that I have for Toy Story Mania. I say that's (laughs) all as if it was like nothing. That was that was a lot of information. I hope everyone got that. Quite a lot. Write it down. (laughs) Write it down. Just listen to us while you're on there. This is perfect for when you're in line. You listen to us and you tell the people with you what we're saying, or you keep it right. keep it on speaker so everyone can hear it. You can even create a football football arm guide. Oh, like the <laughs> arm band that the quarterbacks wear with the plays. Yes. Oh my god! What if we made? You know how you can like make a tattoo? Yeah, that would what be if we so made fun. A tattoo with the directions on how to get a high score. Really. <laughs> The directions to be like a galactic hero, and then you can yeah. like tattoo it on yourself that day. That would be really cool. Actually, that would be so funny. Forget putting a note card in the back of your phone. Just put it right on your arm. <laughs> Either be a quarterback or have a tattoo. It's up to you. <laughs> you, know, I, I would go tattoo. Yeah. Give out. You're trying to take like cute photos, and you, you hold your arm out. You just see on it. Room one. <laughs> Writing. Ah, uh, I love it. It's amazing. Okay. But yes, on to our last, last ride hack is Tower of Terror. We're ending on a really high note. <laughs> was, that a, was that a pun? Was that yeah. a joke? <laughs> that was a good pun. Thank you. So yes, for Tower, there is a couple different things that you can do to get a better ride slash a longer ride. So you actually can go up and down and up and down and up and down more if you avoid children don't this, have them this don't sounds, them. <laughs> yeah this sounds really really bad but when there is a cast member watching 
the ride. And when they say children, especially children that are scared or screaming, they'll make it go shorter because they want to avoid stressing them out. Someone supported it one time to me. They do it like a leapfrog ride. Like, you know, that little one that just goes like up and down really short drops at fairs and stuff. Yeah. When there's a a crying kid, that's more of what you're going to experience. Yeah. So if you see little children, just go the opposite way of where they go. (laughs) As much as you can. Yeah. You can't always avoid children. They're everywhere. Especially in Disney. Yeah. (laughs) You'll see when you ride like later at night and things like that and there's less little kids because as long as you're tall enough, you can ride. Three-year-olds can technically ride if they're tall enough. So you'll see if you have mainly older people on there, teenagers, even preteens, they'll count that as an adult. They don't look as scared. Your ride will usually be longer and you'll have bigger, more intense drops. Yeah. We rode it. When we went in October, this is my boyfriend's first time at Hollywood Studios. We rode it the first time, all adults. It was incredible. Like probably one of the best tower rides I've had in a very long time. We rode it later at the at night and there was children with us and it wasn't as intense as the morning. And he was like, ah, we didn't avoid the children. <laughs> and I was like, don't say it out loud. <laughs> Don't tell everyone the tricks. It's definitely a good trick. We were told this one by someone who worked at Tower of Terror as well. So we know this one is legit. There is someone watching you who's going to pick your ride pattern and you're going to get a better one if it's no crying kids or scared looking or little kids or whatever. No scary adults. If you have scared adults, you get a good ride because they them they mess with. Kids, they don't mess with as much. So the second half of Tower of Terror is kind of just my personal opinion based off of experience. I don't know about you. I have, no, we, we did the same thing. Yeah. I don't know why. I feel like we've tested it and every single time. When you get to the part where it splits and there's two different sides, so you can either go straight or like to the left, depending on how you want to look at it, or you turn right to decide which elevator shafts you're going in. I don't know why. I have a better ride experience every time I go straight. Every time, without fail. Like, it's just a better ride. When I turn right, the ride isn't as good. And that is just, could be all in my head or all in Sab's head or whatever. But by this point, I am convinced that you have to go straight because I just am disappointed if I go the other way. Exactly. The placebo effect, I'm sure, but still. Absolutely. I believe that is it for all of our ride hacks. That's it. Yes, that is it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another week's episode of Spill the D. If you guys need anything or want to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at spill the D pod, or you can email us spill the D pod at gmail.com. Other than that, we are excited to do the next couple of weeks with you guys. And I get to see Gina the next couple of weeks. <laughs> We're actually going to meet in a different Florida location this time. We're going to be meeting in universal. <laughs> But we're both huge Harry Potter nerds, too. So we're just going to be in our glory no matter where we're at. Yes. (laughs) But yes, until then, we will see you at the castle. Oh, my realtor's calling me.